Hello, I'm Karen Pascal. I'm the executive director of the Henry Nouwen Society. Welcome to a new episode of Henry Nouwen, Now and Then. Our goal at the Society is to extend the rich spiritual legacy of Henry Nouwen to audiences around the world. We invite you to share these podcasts and our free daily meditations with your friends and family. Through them, we can continue to introduce new audiences to the writings and the teachings of Henry Nouwen, and we can remind each listener that they're a beloved child of God. Today, I have the privilege of speaking with Dr. John Mundell. John is the director of the Laudate Si Action Platform. John is trained as an environmental engineer, scientist, and his company is in Indiana. But his workplace is essentially worldwide. John is calling us to a new dialogue about how we are shaping the future of our planet. Everyone's talents and involvement are needed to redress the damage caused by the human abuse of God's creation. Dr. John Mundell, welcome to Henry Now and Now and Then. Thank you very much. It's great to be here with you. John, what is Laudate Si? This is what we're going to talk about. Tell us what it is. Well, Laudate Si is is the uh, environmental encyclical or letter, if you will, from Pope Francis that came out in 2015 that was uh, very focused on the condition of our planet and what we should do about it. And in that kind of letter, which was, by the way, addressed to everyone, not just Catholics or not just people of faith, but really everyone, to to step back and take a look at the condition of the planet, to recognize that it's under assault, that there are uh, many things that are are, uh, uh, damaging it, everything from global development to the use of fossil fuels, which result in climate change, uh, to uh, to really uh, events l- that result from climate change, like floodings and droughts and uh, forest fires, all those things are really putting assault on the earth. And, and the Pope really wanted to raise the awareness that this is a major concern and that our response as people of faith and, and people of goodwill is to do something about it, not just to watch it happen, but to work together to bring about really a change in culture, a change. He, he, called, he called it an ecological conversion. That's how the strong language he used in Laudato Si' in 2015. He, he thought everyone, everyone needs to undergo an ecological conversion, a change in lifestyle, uh, the choices we make in order to really to stop this kind of spread of of impact on the planet. So the why, so that the next generation can have a place to live, so that God's creatures and the the plants and the animals and the the, the landforms can can go on and be available, you know, ad infinitum to, to the end of the world, you know. So so that was what it is. It was it was landmark in the sense that there was never a letter like this that had been written for just the environment. Previous popes, Pope Paul VI, uh, John Paul II, uh, had and and Benedict had written about creation and about the environment as well. They just had not addressed it in a long form in a letter, but they certainly all had mentioned the need for uh, a moral response as part of our faith tradition to this uh, to this, this concern for the planet. Something I have loved about it in reading the introduction, it was very clear 
that it was broader than just a Catholic audience. It was really, it was really speaking to people of faith who believe in in this being God's creation and people who maybe don't, but still have a deep concern for the planet that we share and want to be part of of of. Uh, want to be responsible. I, I loved the fact this is invitational to a much bigger audience. And it really, to me, expresses the kind of moral leadership that we have seen coming from Pope Francis to our world and something we're very, very grateful for, I think, on, on, a, on the broad scope of faith. Absolutely. And and it, it, it worked. I can tell you after this happened, what happened over these last eight years is that um, that our our Protestant brothers and sisters, our Muslim brothers and sisters, our Buddhist brothers and sisters, recognized this moral leadership of the Pope, and they were excited to see such a strong statement, and that generated a lot of uh, connections uh, on the on the local ground. People working together, beginning to dialogue. You know, many times when you talk with people of faith, or even people with no particular faith. You know, it's it's nice to sit in a room and talk about what I believe or you believe, but this was a case where we could actually work together on something and make something happen together. There's nothing uh, better than a substantial project that you can sink your teeth into and see a difference. So what we've seen, we saw lots of those kind of activities across the planet, everything from tree plantings to cleanup of beaches and and oceans. Uh, to uh, to recycling and reuse programs, uh, you know, all kinds of things like that. Now, I will say this: there was a there's a second letter that just came out last week, and uh, I'll bring that up because it's very pertinent. It, it, the letter is called uh, in it's a Latin. It's called Laudate Deum, praise God, and and uh, we can talk about why he named it that. But why did Pope Francis come out with even a second letter? It wasn't that first encyclical, that first treatise, good enough to, to tell everyone his opinions about what we should be doing? Well, it obviously wasn't, because the Pope, um, how would I say, he's recognizing things are getting worse. We are seeing on a daily basis, and, and having now working with the Vatican on a daily basis myself, we get we get messages and communications from all over the planet on what's going on. Of course, right now we also have wars and other things going on as well. But we have many uh, events that where you see the impact of climate change on on uh, on people adjacent to uh, the shorelines in Oceania around you know Australia or the Philippines. We have heat heat waves in Europe. We have forest fires in Canada that smoke comes down into the Midwest, all kinds. We have loss of uh, biodiversity because of, you know, taking down, you know, rainforest. So he's, he's seen that and he, he believes really we, we, we have to focus again on this, this idea of climate change. And so he, he put it out for two reasons. One, it's getting worse. And second, he doesn't think we're doing enough about it. And, and when he says that, he means everyone, but he's in particular pointing to his own church, the Catholic Church here, about not getting on board and being concrete enough to begin having an impact on the way we live locally and also on global politics, on these big meetings we have annually, uh, these COP meetings about you know climate a change and and commitments of countries to reduce the use of fossil fuels. So that's why he came, came out with the second one, and it's 
I will say it's a doozy. <laughs> it's 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 very uh, exciting to read about. Maybe we can talk a little bit about that as well. Oh, I'd love to talk a little bit about it. But before we go too much farther, and and I think the two maybe overlap. It is that you're in charge of this action plan. What exactly does that mean you're doing? Tell me about your role in all of this. Sure. Well, when Laudato C came out this letter in 2015, I was lucky enough to be invited to the Vatican a month afterwards with about 150 other people. And the Pope simply asked when we came, how can we implement what I've been talking about? How can we make this real? He asked, please come with lots of ideas because we want to make this. We don't want to have this these words set up on a bookcase. And he wants, you know, he wants to put them into action. So at that time, you know, I'm a, I'm a scientist and engineer by training. So I love ideas and solutions. So, you know, I came with a couple of my ideas. Uh, and one of those was kind of this early form of what we now is called the Laudato C Action Platform. And what it is. It's a Vatican-led online initiative and community. And this initiative uh, is this. It's, it's, it's to encourage people to begin a journey of ecological conversion toward what the Pope calls integral ecology. In other words, the realization that we don't just save the environment. The environment's connected to the people. It's connected to social uh, relationships. It's connected to the economy. It's a multifaceted connection. So what this platform does is simply this. We have various sectors that sign up to this platform. You can sign up as an, you can go online and sign up as an individual or a family. If you're in a you know Catholic church or non-Catholic church, you can sign up as a parish or a church or a diocese, which is a larger piece of land that contains many churches. You can sign up as a religious congregation like the Franciscans or the Dominicans. You can sign up as a university or as a school or uh, or as a business. Anyway, you can sign up and what 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 what's there for you? You what happens is we we've done a lot of homework and we've provided resources, toolkits, templates what for? To help people start to make very specific plans for action to, to make a difference. And so if you're a school, you might go in there and you might look and go, oh, here are, uh, uh, here are some things I can do and, and uh, we'll, we'll select those this, this, uh, this year to do. And, and you can make a plan. You, you publish the plan to share it with others. First of all, it puts a little pressure on when you publish something, you, oh, wow, I guess we now have to do that, right? And maybe then a year from now, you say, well, how did we do? Well, we got half of it done. Well, we still have more to do. So it's it's uh, what's happened is that all of these people, after we're coming on two years of this, uh, after this was implemented, we have 8,000 participants. That doesn't mean individuals. That means that's including about 180 dioceses in the world. That includes over 200 universities. That includes more than a thousand schools. So our estimate is that it roughly worldwide, it, the impact for the people who've signed up is about 70 million already after two years. Now, all those people haven't made a plan yet. They've been getting information this last couple of years and people are starting to make these plans. And the hope is, is that we are able to show the world to track how we're doing, to become more sustainable, to become part of a global community so that 
so that why so that we can inspire others and be inspired ourselves to do something also this global community makes you aware of what's going on there's no longer people across the world that you don't know you're online with them you're participating in webinars you're finding out what's happening in south america or in the philippines or in germany and what what happens when you find out people you know there you begin to care right it becomes real so this is the vision that the pope uh is supporting this vatican-led uh, um, uh initiative to help us move toward total sustainability. So it's an exciting thing. It's challenging because it, it, no one has you know, ever done something like, like this before. And I, I guess I had been um, involved uh, since the beginning of this. And at some point they thought a person with an engineering and science background might have a knack for making things happen. So I'm happy to be part of this, but we have a lot of support. We have a team that's worldwide and we have a tremendous amount of uh, people who've supported, we have working groups, people who do donate their time. But uh, but it sounds, I, I'm a good person at making this sound positive, but it's not all positive because of why? Because there are 1.3 billion Catholics worldwide. Well, 70 million out of 1.3 billion means we're not there yet. We are. We have a long way to go, but it's it's exciting to see what's already happened, and and we believe if we can get the rest of the Catholic Church and the other churches and pe and there are people who don't belong to a church who are on here, uh, because it's about building community and making us feel part of a connection around the world. You know what is exciting for me? Our audience is a global audience. People listening to Henry now and now and then are all over the world, and. That global audience, uh, I think, is going to respond. I want to tell our audience, I've been on your website. I've been on the, and it's great. It's beautiful. It's easy to access, and it's got so much good information. So in a sense, you're recruiting today for another group of people to join with you. I think it's so important that we hold hands, we join up in this. But I want to go back a stage and open up a part of this that I think is very important for us to address. And that's the reality of how this global crisis with the environment is impacting the poorest of the poor. That should be the concern of every person of faith listening to this. So let's talk a little bit about that. You give us a little bit of what you know about that and why that makes it such an imperative for us. It's not just because we want a better life. All of us can say we want a life for our, our grandchildren. But what about the now? We have a world that right now has global refugees because of the climate. And a lot of us don't understand that because we're still living in safe zones. But there's a lot of people that aren't. So talk a little bit about that with me, John. Sure. Well, you know, I will say this. It's, this is about environmental justice in some ways. And, and I've been having had a 40 year plus career in the environmental world cleaning up pollution all over the world, including a lot of the United States, but in, also in different countries. Many times the work I did in the last 40 years were at sites and, 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 uh, and uh, near where industrial activity happened and they left contamination all over the planet. And, and oftentimes those were located 
near poor people because the, the land wasn't as useful in the near the industrial areas. And so, you know, people fairly well off would never want to live close to all of that industry, you know, industry you have there. So so environmental justice often um, has been linked to impact to people who don't have the financial wherewithal to to live away from that those areas. And so I've seen that as a reoccurring theme for, for decades in, in different areas. But what has happened with, with climate change, as you said, a lot of these impacts uh, are impacting people who, who don't have very resilient lives. They, they have no choice if they live near a coastline and now they're getting flooded you know, 10 times a year. Uh, they don't have the resources to go and build a house and buy a piece of land. They, they're just shoved out of the way and they're, they're feeling these impacts. You know, I had one bishop in, uh, in Oceania, uh, you know, in the Australia, Fiji, uh, New Zealand area, you know, he was on a call one day and he almost began to cry. And I, and I and said, what, what, why are you so, you know, distraught? He said, you know, I have a hard time explaining to my people who are undergoing all of these climate change impacts why we have a loving God. How, how do I do that? How does that fit? And he was really struggling with that. And he finally came to the conclusion that, you know, it's almost like people who were in the concentration camps during World War II, you, you had to find God somewhere in this suffering and this vulnerability, you know, for these things. And so, so, you know, I've been blessed this last uh, year and a half to really hear some of those personal stories of people, uh, some of the indigenous people who are being impacted, people in Africa in dry uh, areas who can't grow crops. Uh, uh, migrants coming, some migrants coming into the United States even, uh, who, who have been shoved out as well. And you, you, you see the personal impact and your heart just, you have to say, you know, this is not, this is not a just situation. We as people of faith and people of goodwill have to respond to this. And oftentimes I see that people don't see the, dis they see a disconnect between what they do and choices they make in their lifestyle and someone else across the world. They don't see that, you know, they don't see that a choice they're making to consume at a rate of seven or eight times what the world population does as directly impacting someone else. And because why? Because they're not, we don't have uh, proximity. We don't have, we don't find out who these people are. So, so that's one of the challenges we have. And we think this platform and, 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 lifting up not only the positive stories that are happening, but also why we need to change our life and our lifestyles and make better choices, why we need to have policies globally that reduce in a logical fashion the use of fossil fuels and other multilateral compacts and agreements where the, the, the countries in the world can make good decisions and also help monitor and hold each other accountable. And that's what the Pope really in the second letter that just came out, he's emphasizing how ineffective we have been and what we have to do. I'm curious because some of us just feel so overwhelmed. We're now hearing that, oh, this has just been the, the hottest month ever on the planet, or at least in our lifetime. 
and uh, maybe may end up being the hottest year. And it's easy to just kind of throw in the towel and say, I give up. We, we've messed up so badly. But I think we need to hear from you kind of a, a, a call forward that it isn't, is it possible to make a change? Where are you seeing change happen that that we should celebrate? And and what would you call us to? This word conversion is really interesting. It really means turning right around, I'm sure. So help us, call us forward. Sure, sure, yeah. Well, you know, this, you know, just because I'm speaking doesn't mean I'm the, you know, the the saints of conversion here, right? I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm part of the group that needs to make this. I'm a North American person, right? So, well, one thing I would start out with is this. And this is where I think with the connection with Henry Nowen comes in a little bit, because my, you know, from what the Pope has written recently, you know, this, this second letter, I have to tell you, he's really sharing his soul. He's really, he's really telling people we need to feel that connected to everything, not only the people, but also the animals, the plants. We need to... Uh, not only feel this connection, we need to see, we need to somehow feel this presence, the sacred presence of God everywhere. Because he says, if if God's love is everywhere, if it's behind everything, then how can we not take care of this? So for people of faith, he's really calling people of faith uh, to this, uh, to an authentic faith. He says this in, in this recent letter, uh, Laudate Deum, to an authentic faith. Why? Because and, and this, and even people with no faith could understand this. When you're, when you have a belief in something, it feeds your passion, it feeds your motivation, and so when it's authentic, it makes your 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 passion stronger. It also clarifies your goals in life. What I want to do with my life, and how should I be living it? So he really, he the Pope really uses language that 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 makes you aware that. We need to we need to have some kind of uh, mindfulness, connection to creation, so that we recognize the presence of God in in everything, so that we recognize we're connected to everyone. And I think you know I, I was lucky enough to have read a couple of things by Henry Nowen, and you know guess what? Those are some of his themes too. Uh, you know I read, read a couple of things, and you you know better. You're you're the Head Kahuna of the of the society here, but he is he's written so much about this presence of God, the presence of the sacred as a, a you know as the real world we see is like a veil that kind of puts over the rest of what God is is present behind that you know and and so all kinds of and also kind of encouragement to to you know experience silence in our lives so that we can really hear the sound of. God in the silence, you know, so I've been really struck with that. And I have so much more to, to learn, but, but it's really connected to, to the beginnings of how do we begin, you know, and I always, I always tell people this, I wrote an article uh, in this last year about this analogy of the rudder of a ship, you know, a ship when the sails out, the wind blows, and you're, you're going in a direction, and just a small change in the rudder, can make a dramatic change in the way your life goes or the way the, a boat goes. So, so small things can have big impacts. That's the fallacy people try to, try to convince you. Well, if I do something small, it really doesn't matter. 
It really does, because when you multiply it times 100,000 or a million, it's an incredible impact. So the first thing I would always say is, first of all, start with this mindfulness, read all this Henry Nouwen uh, literature that gets you in touch with creation, with the presence of God and the sacred in your life and ground that kind of motivation to say, okay, now, now I'm ready to do something. But start, start with beginning something small that, that, that you can repeat the next day in a small way and repeat again so it becomes a habit and then add another something. And this may be, I mean, I'll tell you because I'm North American, but this is an example. You go out to eat at a restaurant, you know, there's so many lessons. Everyone likes to eat out, especially people with, with have some money. Not everyone's lucky enough to eat out. But if you eat out, you know, there are a couple of things to think about. First of all, do you really need to eat all the food that you've ordered? You know, many people order way too much food. There's wasted food. Even when they take it home, they throw some of it away. To be quite honest, that, that can happen. So, so, you know, what are you eating? You know, are you eating meat all the time? Do you really need to eat meat all the time? Because, you know, meat is one of those things that produces a lot of greenhouse gases, the, the, the whole production cycle. Do you really need to, uh, you know, do you really need to have straws? Do you, I mean, there are so many little things you can just say, no, I'm, I'm changing this. I'm not going to do this. And I'm not going to eat out as much as well. But, you know, food waste is, is, a, is a beginning start. I only mentioned this because we eat every day, right? Um, you know, so that's one thing. You know, uh, the other thing uh, that, that, that I've done, you know, many of us live different varying distances from work you know some people commute for a half hour 45 minutes in the car every day some people live a few blocks i in the last uh, five years moved within three or four blocks of where i work and uh so i can walk if i want to or if i drive i drive i you know i finally got a you know a, a car that's you know part electric part gasoline but i only i only drive a couple miles if i have to so so evaluating your energy use is, is another another thing you can do. You know, people put some controls on their own, uh, their own heating and air conditioning, the choices of when you turn on heat in the winter, when you turn on uh, air conditioning in the summer are all choices. So that's individual in the family. What about your church? Well, there's so much we're finding. We're finding. I'll give you an example that I heard this year. The Archdiocese of New York, you know, where they have hundreds of buildings there of course they're they've the state of new york made them uh, become more energy efficient as a as a matter of law well as a matter of going through all of that that uh, and changing out antiquated systems etc cetera, etc cetera, they've saved several millions of dollars in doing that in making those investments they've also learned to review your energy bills because guess what there are a lot of mistakes and so when you review your energy and you understand how much you're using, sometimes you're charged too much. And so you can take that money that's been overcharged and do something positive with it. So, so energy control systems, you know, turning, you know, automated thermostats, um, your house being uh, insulated properly, you know, uh, in many parts of the world, you can get some of the energy companies to do a kind of an energy audit. So, Things vary depending on your audiences from all over the world. So this is, I'm giving you some North American examples a little bit, but 
there are various things in different parts of the world that people do. Um, the biggest sinners are probably where I'm living, and the the, the least sinful people are are probably in the you know third world slash Africa, South America portions that, you know, what they can do is show us their gift to us to show us the impact that we're causing, and then to motivate us to change our lives. So, bottom line, start out small get in a get in a routine and get some success so you say okay i can make that i can make that difference i can i can i cannot i cannot buy anything new for a year because you know what i don't need it i can borrow it i can share it uh, this idea of a communion using the communion of goods where you share among your friends you know um, you know i need to buy a lawnmower well no you don't you can share a lawnmower uh i need to buy this or that no you don't you can use a second hand I need new clothes. Well, you probably don't. You you probably can, you know, the same kind of thing. So there's so many choices. Um, that's a little bit, you know, and I'm I'm telling I'm telling this to myself as well, right? I'm 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 uh but by making a small change multiplied by tens of thousands of people, that's where the impact happens. And that's what we're hoping with this platform. You know, if we all do things we're not and we don't know each other, we all drop our little stone in the pond you know at different times what what does that do but if we all drop a stone at the same time into the pond doing the same thing it can create a wave in that pond it can have impact a positive impact so together you know in a community uh, means means something i love the spiritual leadership on this i love the fact that if we believe all of creation is god's and we believe it was created for us, but not for us to just exploit, for us to treasure and to see God in. I really love that. I think it's calling back into our our, our ownership, you know, the very earth that God gave us and, and, and making us responsible. I really love that. I also love the, as I have read this and as I'm looking forward to reading this next document that's just come out, I, I love the responsibility for the poor god never takes that away from us mm -hmm. we are responsible we are not to look away we are to figure out what can i do there is somebody at the side of the road and if you want to be the good samaritan maybe the one at the side of the road now is uh you know a, a, a country that it cannot possibly cope with the the climate changes forced upon it right now by our overconsumption. So this is a really, really important opportunity. And I really trust that we as as followers of Christ, as ones who who cherish what God has done in our lives, will will be part of being the ones who reach out to the side of the road. I'm very excited about your website. I'm very excited about all that you've shared with us. It somehow makes it possible, I think. It gives you give us a a little place to put our toe in the water and go in. Exactly, Karen. And let me give you another, you know, sometimes people can say, how do you how do you mean remain hopeful? It sounds pretty dire sometimes, you know, and, and I, I, there are a couple of things that really hit me this last year. And one of the prime ones is young people. We had the opportunity to work with a lot of young people who are now re-engaged with the church. They they were became disengaged a bit, but there were there were two or three factions that I have to tell you just a little bit about. One is this group called the Economy of Francesco. About three years ago, the Pope sent a, a note out to young people around the world saying, "I would like you to 
bring ideas to me on how to change the world's economy to be more just and sustainable. And I'm going to invite you to come to Assisi to talk to me about it. And so the word went out. And just last year, about this time, uh, more than a thousand young people from all over the planet came and gave him hundreds of ideas on what they want to do and how they want to change the economy for the good. That was so impactful for me, so hope-filled, because they're now engaged. We're listening to them. They're leading the way. They, they're excited about this. A second one was at World Youth Day in Lisbon, Portugal. We were there uh, with sessions with young people and the same kind of thing. One of the primary themes was integral ecology, how that connects to poverty, to politics, et cetera. And so the same kind of uh, hope that I saw, the, the, the passion when they saw that if is the church really going to take this really seriously, that got them so excited. And then a couple of projects this last year. One was a relay race that would happened, a global relay race where young people had a relay across the world. And they went from time zone to time zone running and having sports activities. And they also stopped and they planted trees. So we literally had a global tree planting, the first global tree planting in, on the planet. It's a group uh, called Run for Unity. It was so inspiring. And I thought, wow, you know, give them ideas and let them go forward. And, and it's it, it's amazing. And of course, then we had other just pro environmental projects by young people all over the, the planet. So that gives me a lot of hope. And it also makes me believe that we older people can act as mentors and can help inspire, even despite the gray hair in our beards or our hair or the lack of hair. Um, people, they still, young people still look to us for certain guidance and certain wisdom. So, yes, hope. And they look for us to to operate in life with character. And this is it, this is something that we can't ignore. We can't just be over consumers in the world. We're responsible. It's happening on our watch. I, I, I'm oh. often reminded of this. It's happening on my watch. The fact that there are communities, both in North America, particularly indigenous communities where there's not clean water, or that there's communities anywhere in the world where there's not clean water, or that there are communities that are being overwhelmed by the climate changes. All of this, it's happening on my watch. So I really encourage our audience, you must go to John's website, the Laudate Sea Action Platform. You will be delighted to see what you find there. But more importantly, I'm going to put in our show notes, Laudato Sea, and, and also the most recent thing that's come out this October 4th from the Pope, because it's good reading. And in fact, it's interesting in the introduction, the Pope says in his introduction, you're going to read it once, but you're going to read it again and again. And it's right. It's just dense with good content, dense with rich and inspiring content. It's it's probably one of the best things I've read in a long time. So I'm really quite delighted to pass it on to all our listeners. John, I so appreciate what you're doing. And uh, I, I particularly love what you just shared about young people, because that isn't just true in the Catholic Church, that there's been a falling away of young people. It's right across the board, a kind of disillusionment. But I really pray that young people would lead us back into a, a love and, and action, faith in action towards our created world that we live in. Absolutely. You know, and they, they are. And I, I think I think for me, and, and I've I've 
I've been lucky enough to see and, and become uh, acquainted and become good friends with many of these young people. They, they constantly remind me, they're calling us back to authenticity. You know, the Pope says an authentic faith. You know, it's, it's not, it's not, you know, it's not, you know, how we recite our prayers necessarily just so, or how we, uh, you know, go through some, some piety things that are supportive of what we do, but they're, they're not central, but how we actually react to the different issues of the world. The, the Pope has called us to be at the peripheries, to be with those communities, all kinds of communities, including you know, indigenous for sure in this particular instance, but others, uh, I think when they see us acting authentically, there's something positive about that because they, they it, and it's really, it reminds me of that, that first group of Christians, right? Christianity did not spread because they, they said a bunch of words to folks and, and did prayers in a certain way. If, if that had been the case, you know, the Jewish people would have spread, you know, and it, I mean, you know, at that time, everybody focusing on, you know, certain rituals, but it's, it's about, uh, it, it's really uh, about how they loved one another, how they were willing to give their lives, which meant what, which means there's a certain amount of suffering in this, you know, to undergo a conversion uh, isn't easy, it is, it requires a certain amount of cutting with what we're, we're normally, you know, attached to, and there's a little bit of, loss in that but that we have examples through the life of jesus and others but jesus especially he says you know uh love one another as i have loved you well that's a pretty big yardstick you know uh so uh, and that doesn't mean and i would say this as henry Nowen also points out doesn't mean just loving human beings doesn't just mean loving your friends or the people around you it means loving the planet which includes the animals includes the the landforms includes everything. It includes all of creation because everything is kind of that uh, creation is the, was the first incarnation, right? I think Richard Rohr said that as well as others. So I think I think I, I think we have we have a lot of work to do, but I think we in community uh, you have this uh, amazing community out there. I would challenge all of the, your listeners. You folks uh, have already skipped a couple of steps with this, uh, with Henry Nowen and his his wonderful way of helping you contemplate uh, that transforms into your belief system that transforms into action. So I think you're a, if we could have, I'll just set a number, 10,000. If we could have 10,000 Henry Nowen um, uh, people sign up to Laudato Si Action Platform, I think I'd be satisfied. Maybe, maybe, maybe 15,000. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so I, yeah, we, we really invite you. I think you would, you would act as salt and leaven for the rest. Uh, and also you're in, would be inspiring by your own action. So thanks for having me today. I really appreciate it. Oh, you've been a wonderful guest. Thank you so much for being with us. Really appreciate it, John. Thank you. Thanks. John, thank you for being with us today on Henry Now and Now and Then. And I want to thank all of you for listening to our conversation today. You're going to find links in the show notes of this podcast to the Laudate Si document. I highly recommend you read this very important encyclical from Pope Francis. As Pope Francis said in his introduction to Laudate Si, I wish to address every person living on the planet. He wants to enter into a dialogue with all people about our common home, this earth. I hope you've already signed up to receive our daily meditations written by Henry Nowen 
If not, you can do that on our website at henrynowen.org. Remember, they're free, and they're a wonderful way to stay informed about the various things we have to offer to those who enjoy the writings and the teachings of Henry Nowen. We would also be so grateful if you would consider donating to the Henry Nowen Society. Your resources help us share the daily meditations and these podcasts right around the world. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please take time to give us a review or a thumbs up or pass this on to your friends and family. Thanks for listening. Until next time. Thanks so much for watching. Be sure to subscribe, give us a thumbs up, or follow us on social media for more Henry Nouwen content. For books, videos, and other resources, or if you'd like to receive free daily Henry Nouwen e-meditations, you can follow the links below.